Thanks for listening to this sermon from the Image Church. Find out more about us and our weekly services at imagejesus.com. Let us pray before we start. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, Father. Thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Father, Lord, as we get into this scripture and this word today, Father, Lord, we just pray, Father, Lord, that your spirit, Father, Lord, would just be present, Father, Lord, and that you would just lead us, that you would lead me in teaching this scripture, Father, Lord, um, that we will pull out truth, Father, Lord, that it would impact all of our lives and draw us closer into you, Father, Lord, closer into the work that you did on the cross, Father, Lord. And so... Um, Make it clear, Father Lord. Make it clear, Father Lord. Um, open our eyes, open our ears, Father Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, Father. Amen. All right, so um, so Matt last week or whatever, he preached religion is alive. He, pre- he preached part one. We kind of barking up the same tree, so I'm not going to go back into what he did. I may steal a couple quotes from him real quick and stuff and all that, but we're not going to actually go back into actually what he did because we're about to jump on this, and it's so absolutely good that... Um, it's hard. It was hard for me to actually put a sermon together for it because it's one of those scriptures where your mind just won't stop running. So you have to figure out when to actually stop, you know what I'm saying, working on the text. So let's just, we're gonna, and we're just going to go through the scriptures. And um, we're just going to go through it and we're just going to roll together and we'll dig out the jewels in here. All right, so it says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. So what's going on here, whatever, is Paul is actually speaking to the Galatians. And Paul is apostle. So he's somewhat um, of a father to them. And when you read this or whatever, you can instantly get the idea that he's just, that he's upset, right? And he is upset, but it's not just an upset. Like these are like his his children, like he's, stu- he's he, you know, he's, he, they're under his care, they're under his shepherding and whatnot, right? So these are some of the churches that he's actually groomed. Like it's even, some historians say he actually started the churches um, in Galatians, right? So when he says this, oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. He's hurt, you understand? So he's a little bit upset, but he's hurt also. And, and when it says Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified, I don't have the Greek word there, but the actual Greek translation for that, the word says that um, what it means is he's not necessarily saying that you actually saw Christ crucified. He's saying like, what in the world is wrong, y'all? I preached the gospel to you so clearly it was as if you were standing there seeing Christ being crucified. Y'all get where I'm coming from? So these are like, these are his, these are his family. This is his people. And he's hurt because he's like, who in the world has slid in and bewitched you with some craziness? And so going into this, and especially um, just with the, the changes that's been happening in my life personally, whatnot, and, 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 and even in the past couple of years or whatever, you know, you know, I've had my store, I've been doing Bible studies, so I've kind of been leading and mentoring a lot of people. I understand the pain in this thing right here because, like, when you're leading people and you're pointing them to the gospel, when they kind of switch up on you, it's like, what in the world? It hurts. You get what I'm saying? It hurts. Like even, you know, me and Matt talk about it sometimes or whatever. Like, I don't even know how to articulate it sometimes. And I don't even say it. But like sometimes when people are like, hey, you know, we're going to go whatever, you know what I'm saying, to another church because, you know, it's just some of the stuff or whatever. It's just kind of hard. And I understand like, man, if God is leading you somewhere else, I'm going to be the first person saying, hey, go for it. You need to go where the Lord is at or whatever. Like we're one body. We're all for that. But sometimes, you know, it's about like preferences right I have preferences right so it'd be easier for me to maybe leave and go to a church that's all black 
Some of y'all be easy to go to church that's all white. We could go to all our prefaces and just have a preface party and like, hey, we're all like each other. We're awesome. They're over there and we're over here, right? But for the sake of the gospel, we forego our prefaces and to lift up God, right? We get it in, right? We get it in, right? We deal with each other. People offend me in here sometimes. I offend them, but we got grace in the middle of us. That's what makes us so beautiful and makes us so peculiar because this thing is in the middle of us, right? But it hurts. It hurts in a way that's even, that's, it's, it's new to me. It hurts, right? So I got some guys or whatever that are in the shop. And so we'll be going through the gospel. And we're going through the gospel. They're like, man, yo, I met somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, they're like, yo, they love God. You know what I'm saying? It's just so awesome and stuff or whatever. And they're like, man, and then, you know what I'm saying? So I was talking to them. They want me to come to this group thing they got or whatever. And they're like, you know, and, uh, and uh, you know, they were just talking about all this stuff or whatever. And like, all this stuff I need to do or whatever to get. And I'm like, oh, Lord. That's like, and I'm like, nah, bro, this isn't the gospel. This is not what I was teaching you or whatever. Like, you're about to come up under this, like, I'm saving you, you're a street dude, and now you're about to go put on like, you know, go to the Bugle Boy factory and get your khaki game together and just be like straight churched out. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with khakis. I'm just playing with you, but all right. I always make a jab at khakis. I have khakis at the crib. I may not ever wear them, but you get what I'm saying. So, but you know what I'm saying? So they're giving them this thing or whatever, like, hey, you know what I'm saying? And so this is kind of where we're going to actually go with this text. It's like, it's so much, it sounds so much the same, but it's not the same, right? Like there's, there's a gospel that is the true gospel, and there's this other thing that sounds like it, but at the same time disrespects the gospel on a level that we can't even, we can't even comprehend, right? So we're going to kind of go into that. Um, all right, so verse 2. Verse 2 says, let me only, this is, this is Paul talking to the Galatians. I want you all to feel this. I want you to feel this conversation. This is like dad disappointed at you. You just wrecked the car. He's getting at you, right? No, no, no. This is dad getting at you because you just went out and got high as a kite and crashed the car. And he's like, I taught you better than this. What are you doing running with those fools, right? That's kind of what this is like. So feel the weight of this. He says, let me ask you only this. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish having begun by the spirit? Are you now being perfected by the by the flesh? So this first part here, do you receive the spirit by works of the law or, or by hearing with faith? He's saying, were you justified by works or faith in Christ Jesus? Right. So when we come to the cross. We come and, 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 and we respond to what Jesus did. We're justified 100 percent. Right. He doesn't say like bet you like 30 percent in. But you got some other things you need to do and we'll work on, you know, what I'm saying we can get you completely all the way in. You know what I'm saying? It's like your homie saying, yo, bro, I got a job lined up for you. Do all this stuff or whatever. Go through training. We're going to bring you in. And you know what I'm saying? We just need you there 20 minutes a day. But if you work harder, we'll take you up or whatever and this and that. And you're like, bro, that that doesn't really fit. That's a bad example. But you get where I'm coming from. All right. All right. I'm just I'm trying to be humble over here. I'm admitting it up here. All right. That's a bad example. But you get where I'm coming from. So. He's saying, were you justified by works of faith in Christ Jesus? And so that is a setup for the next part. And based on the way this, converse, this verse is flowing, it basically seems like the answer is, yeah, yes. Like they know, yeah, like we were justified by Christ Jesus, by what Christ did. He goes, so the next part, he goes, are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Right? 
So Matt last week, this perfected by the flesh, what this is saying, he's saying, like so Matt said, so um, Jesus plus something else makes you right. Are you now foolish enough that you came into the family based on the work of Jesus Christ on the cross? Are you now crazy enough to think that you got something to add to this to make you more in this family, right? Um, it's a man-made attempt to get right with God. Or it's what you have to do to be right with God, right? I'm going to jump around a little bit, whatever, but um, from my notes, but I'm about to mess this guy's name up. But everybody knows him, and everybody loves him, because he's a star of Transformers. Shia LaBeouf, 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 whatever the name is, we all love him, and everybody knows it. He's adorable. It just is what it is. You know what I'm saying? All right? He's an amazing actor, and he's the man, right? Don't, get, don't trip. You all know what I meant by that. Don't even trip. All right. So, so it came out, whether it's true or not, it came out that, you know what I'm saying, that he recently said that he was a Christian, right? And so, you know, so I'm looking at the post online and stuff and the articles and stuff. And as I'm watching this, whatever, I'm like, man, it's like, I'm like just grieving for him looking at the comments for, at, from all the Christians. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're writing him like what he needs to do now. There's Christian bloggers going at it. They're like, yo, you need to do this, do this, do this, do this, and do this. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, all of this stuff is actually, like a lot of these things that people are telling them to do are actually healthy. They're like really, really healthy things. Like, man, you need to find a good church. You need to, you know what I'm saying, find some, some mentorship, be discipled, all this stuff. Great stuff. But he, I'm like, man, this dude doesn't even get the opportunity like, to fall in love with Christ and pursue this stuff. Like, he's like... You, you get what I'm saying? Like, and I'm like, I'm just grieving for him through this thing. Like, I'm thinking to myself, like, man, if this was, if I was this dude, I'd be like, I don't know if I would have even told anybody I was a Christian, right? Don't run away with this or whatever. I'm just, I'm just running my mouth. But you get what I'm saying? I don't know if I would have even said I was a Christian because you know it is. He's going to be hitting the red carpet like, yo, Transformers 8 coming out. You know what I'm saying? And they're going to be like, hey, see, I'm a Christian too. Hey, listen, I'm praying for you, bro. Here's some stuff you need to, you know it's going to be going down. He's going to be at, it's going to, it's jacked up. He's going to be like, yo, he might publicly just renounce it just because of that, right? And so I'm just like kind of hurting for him and I'm like, man, that's, that's really, really not cool or whatever. Like, we're just adding to the list, you know what I'm saying? When to me, we should be like, bro, homie, holla at me, bro. Let's talk about Jesus, man. This is amazing. Like, let's party with him. Let's party with him, right? Let's, let's have the celebration with him about Jesus on the cross. Because one of the things, too, when he came out and he spoke about it, he was like, yo, this is no BS. Jesus Christ, man. Like, I, like this is real. That's what, that was the statement that they quoted him as saying, right? You know all the Christians' flesh got, what? He cursed? He cursed? But I'm like, man. I'm like, bro, go ahead and say it how you say it. Say it how you say it. Like, because here's the thing, if you stop cursing, if I get you to stop cursing, if I get you to stop stealing, if I get you to stop doing all this stuff, you're no closer than Jesus Christ than you were before you were doing it, right? Amen. So what's the point of me running all this stuff or whatever down to you? I need you to get Jesus Christ, right? So, bro, if you want to curse and be like, man, Jesus is amazing. <laughs> let it go how you let it go. Jesus will deal with it as we go or whatever, right? So I went off on a little tangent there, right? All right, so 
back to that. Are you so foolish? Have, having begun by the spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Having been 100% justified by faith in Jesus Christ, you now think you are meeting, a mark, meeting the mark another way, or you think you have something to add to the cross. Um, for the bulk of this preaching right now, I'm going to spend my time right here at this part. And the reason I'm going to spend my time at this part because this is vital. To me, it's vital from a shepherding standpoint because this is where it gets muddy, like really, really, really muddy, right? And this is where the rubber meets the road. What happens here is, um, like, so this is that place where, like, I meet a Christian or whatever, and I'm like, man, and they love God, and they say all the key words. Like, they're like, yo, man, I want to do life with you. I'm like, <laughs> He said it, the do life thing, man. He just dude's a real Christian, right? Bro, I want to fellowship with you, right? What? We want to fellowship? Let's do it. Let's fellowship. All these Christian catchphrases. You know what I'm saying? Matt used to spook me out. He's like, yo, we got to do life together, bro. I'm like, I don't know if I'm down for that, homie. Like, bro, like, we, we, I'll, I'll, I'll call you. We'll get up later. You know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I get it now. I get it now. You know what I'm saying? I get it now. We're doing life together for real. We family up in here. You know what I'm saying? So, but this is, this is the situation where, this is where you meet that person. And man, y'all got all the, a lot of God things going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's all good. But then it comes down to this part where it's like, what does the cross mean to you? What's the implications of it? Because if, if the implications to you are that, it's rule-based in law, and you're walking around like, can't do this, can't do that, can't this and that, da-da-da, whatever, so forth, whatever, and you're trying to, like, spend your time, like, trying to, like, like, like be worthy enough, right? Then, homie, we might be on the wrong thing, because I'm walking around on some stuff like, yo, Jesus Christ died for me, and I'm not worthy enough. He was worthy, and I've been bought with a price, Right? It's a big, big difference. But like we play in church, it starts to look really, really the same, right? I'm completely destroying my notes. Y'all just bear with me or whatever, right? But it's all good because this part is the, this is, this is where I'm, I'm just going to plead. Like this is all I know to do here. I just know to plead. Like this is where it is at right here in this text right here. Like this has to be very clear to us because if it's not clear to us, the, 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 the devil has an arsenal to use against us, right? He can come with things that sound so much like scripture, sound so good, and to just slowly lead you away from the cross, right? And the cross is freedom, right? It's freedom. When I go to sleep at night, and after I've had a bad day, and I just feel like an absolute mess, right? Because... Maybe that day my eyes wandered to the wrong place and I looked at a woman the wrong way, right? Or I did something that was just not right before God's eyes and I didn't meet my holy standard that I set out for myself, right? And then I see my wife in the house working with our seven kids about to lose her freaking mind, cooking pampers, change her pampers with a foot, do cooking over here or whatever. And I'm like, what in the world is wrong with me, right? I'm disgusted with myself. The way I deal with that is when I lay down at night, I think about the cross and what he did because I was that mess. 
like the sacrifice he made because I'm such a mess, right? And then I end up going to sleep like a baby. I get to laugh myself to sleep because of what Jesus did. Not because of what I did, because of what he did, right? It's, it's, it's some good stuff. Some good stuff. So let's just look at this real quick again. I'm going to keep coming back reading this scripture because I got to keep hitting you in the head with it so you get it. Are you so foolish, having begun by the spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh, right? So um, John uh, 14, 15 through 31 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, right? So we've talked about this before where you're like either a son or you're an orphan, right? So a common syndrome of being an orphan is that you get moved around to different houses, right? So you come to one house and you're like, bro, they got me out of this crazy orphanage. I'm here with my family now. But you're like, man, I have to perform or they're going to ship me off like everybody else. You get me? Right? So it's a logical thought. It's a logical thought, right? But when you come in as a son, you come in the door like, yo, where's, where's the fridge at? Let me get on that real quick. You know what I'm saying? You're in there squirting freaking ketchup in your mouth, drinking out the Kool-Aid. Like, you know it's wrong, but you're like, this is my house, man. I can act up. We'll get it together. I'll grow out of it. You know what I'm saying? You get to walk around the house with a little bit of authority or whatever, right? You're just chilling, disgusting, belly out in your boxer shorts, just watching TV, just chilling. You know what I'm saying? And whatnot. And um, so that's the difference, right? So let's look at this text. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's John 14, 15 through 31, right? So if you read this as an orphan, you read this like, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Man, I got to go keep the commandments, right? If you read it as a son, your concentration is on love. And your, and your focus is with your relationship with the father, right? You get what I'm saying? So imagine if I had to tell my wife, like, yo, babe, listen, this cheating thing is not going to fly in the crib, all right? I'm making a chalkboard, and I'm putting it up on the wall. No cheating. I'm sick of you taking lunch breaks, cheating on me at, at work. And say she was like, baby, you're right. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm stop. I'm going to stop cheating on you. Looking a little nervous over there, Lana. Something I need to know? I'm just playing with you, bear. All right. So, but you know what I'm saying? Like, man, even if she did that, how does that communicate the love? It doesn't, right? It doesn't communicate the love. Like, I gave her a rule, and she's doing what's right by me based on this rule that I just gave her. We don't even have the opportunity for true love to even take place because everything is law rule based. So my work to get to, to get to her loving arms is in between it is all of this stuff she has to do and we have to do to get together, right? But the time, when I, when, I, when I say I do, like, and this is the honest truth. I mean, when me and Lana were, like, dating, she was in college. You know what I'm saying? I was a drug-dealing thug with a mouth. I was just a mess, all right? So I'm popping out, like... I'm popping so many pills, my eye, you think my eyeballs are big now? 
like this. She's like, Jay, what's wrong with you? I'm like, no, baby, I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. What's wrong with you? You know, I'm talking about, I'm like, I'm drugged out of my mind every single day. But what, what was amazing, I mean, like, I mean, literally, I'm like, I'm waiting for her to go to sleep every night like this because I'm waiting to run out of the crib. I got to go get high. I got to go do run in the streets. I was a mess, right? But you know what? I couldn't, under, I couldn't figure out why she loved me. Like, I was like, what in the, like, even her mom was like, what the heck are you doing? You get what I'm saying? Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm like such a mess or whatever. I'm like, her mom's like, what are you doing? But for some reason, she loved me and she saw something else, right? And that type of love drew me to her and made me love her even more, right? So some of the things that I knew were heavy on her heart about the way I was conducting myself, the way I was disrespecting her mother's home, right? The way I was talking to her, disrespecting her, the way I was even disrespecting even the way I was mistreating my, my daughter, Monty, right? That stuff, the change came out of love. Like, I, I aspired to do these things and keep these things in order because, man, I loved her. You get what I'm coming from? So peep it out. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. You keep my commandments. So how do you read it? You read it like an orphan or you read it like a son? You know what I'm saying? Concentrate on your love. You can't help but keep the commandments. I don't got time. Like, you telling me Jesus died on the cross? Like, like he came, like, like, like he's God? He came from heaven? He came from heaven and walked the earth? Did you read Isaiah 53 this morning? Did y'all hear that? Do you hear what he went through for us? And so I'm going to sit and spend my time talking about rules instead of what he did on the cross? That is foolishness, right? I'm like Paul now, foolish Galatians. Let me hit the scripture one more time. Are you so foolish, having begun by the spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? It just doesn't add up, right? So um, the other day, I was, um, I, was, so I was a part of this wedding party, right? And so I'm going to show you what this ugly mess looks like when you start thinking that you're being perfected by the flesh, what it does to you, because it, 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 it jacks you up. So I'm at this wedding party, and one of the guys there, whatever, whatnot, he's there, whatever, and so everybody in the room is Christians. One guy's a preacher and stuff and everything else, whatnot. So when I get to the wedding party, um, so there was a beer there. So some people in the room drink beer, some didn't or whatever, right? Nobody was drunk. Nobody's out of order. These guys are actually playing Monopoly, right? So... So that's what they're doing. That's they wilding out for the, you know, for the bachelor party, boy. I was like, yo, y'all cats are crazy, man. Y'all got, my, oh my God, man, all on boardwalk and all that. You wilding, you know. So just, just turned up. Just Christian bachelor party turned up to the max, right? And, um, and I mean, it's crazy, right? With the, with the FSU game, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to FSU, even though I don't even keep up with sports, but FSU won. But anyway, so, so they wilding out, and um, so. Anyway, the dude ends up mentioning something. He says something about beer or whatever, right? And so um, me and this other guy or whatever turned to him. We're like, bro, do you, do you struggle with, you know, alcohol or whatever, you know? And he was like, nah, 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 nah. And he goes into this rant or whatever about how he just hates alcohol because I used to wild out back in the day, this and that, da, da, da. And he's going through his motions and stuff. And he's just like, but he's like, he's a really nice dude. But as soon as, like, the conversation 
started, he went on like straight snappy mode. Like, yo, yo, you don't know my background. I've this and that, duh, duh. You don't get, you know, and he's like going crazy. And the guy's like, bro, I actually was just asking because if you had a problem, I was going to make sure that the beer got put away if you were struggling. You know what I'm saying? So it's like he completely went on left field and the, and the guy was going in or whatever. So, so then that started this whole conversation about legalism and everything, right? And so this guy says, he goes, he turns to his friend, he goes, you see how clean shaven I am? He goes, you've never seen me like this before, have you? And uh, his friend was like, uh, no, I haven't. And he's like, man, you know why? He goes, because I'm going for leadership in my church and you can't have hair on your face. And also hair on your face used to be a sign of rebellion. So you'll never, ever, ever see me with a mustache again, right? And he said in the room, I'm like, bro, what do you want, a, a unleavened shortbread cookie or something? Like, I'm like, you know, he said it like, <laughs> yeah, he said it like, you know what I'm saying? That's how down I am for the cross. Like, I was like, man, somebody get this dude a, a, I don't know, man. It's just, give him some unleavened bread real quick, man. Let's, I don't know. So, and I'm just, I'm just looking at, I'm just like, bro, like, man, yo, do you, do you hear what you're saying, right? But he didn't hear it. And he goes on and tells me, so then he goes into baptism. And he was like, yo, you got to be saved to be baptized. And I was like, I was like, bro, I don't think that's scripture, homie. He was like, well, he's like, that's scripture, that's what it is, whatever. I've studied here, 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 and here. And then he goes on and tells me a story, which I think is one of the worst stories I ever heard in my life. And um, he said, I really, it really did, like, it affected me really weird. Like, I got so angry that I went into this calm mode because I thought I was going to flip a table over, right? And he said, he said, um, he said, uh, he was like, yo, he's like, last week I got called to a hospice and there was this guy that was, you know, dying. And he said something like the dude had something lodged in his ribs, like something crazy. I was like, okay. And he, the guy tells him, hey, I want to be baptized. And so... He talks to the guy's family, and they're like, bro, he's in the bed. He's dying. We're not letting you take him out to be baptized. So, he, so he's like, you know, I said, well, what did you do? He's like, nothing. I go, so he just headed to hell in a handbasket. And he's like, bro, he can't be baptized. That's it. And I'm like, so you have a person laying in the bed who's saying, that they want to be baptized because that's what you've explained to them is their way to Christ. But basically, they are making a confession. I pray that they still made that confession is what my prayer is. But I'm like, the legalism has you in a place where you're like, you didn't hit the rule, bro. Too bad for you. See that? The love and compassion just comes out of you. It just it, it beats the love and compassion out of you. Too busy keeping up with rules. How are you going to you know, love people for real, right? Your focus becomes where you can't go and who you can't talk to, right? And the world is watching. They're like, yo, these nutcase Christians sitting up in this box, missing it all, ineffective, no effect on the community right outside of their doors. That's what it looks like to them. And, and, and they're right. You know, I was talking to, um, I got these um, two of my boys, whatever, downtown, and every now and then I grab coffee with them, and they're like both like straight like punk rockers. Like one has like turquoise hair with like the mohawk all the way down his back. So this is like, like, you know, it always looks like, Jay, where do you know these guys from, right? And so I love going to hang out with them. So I was just hanging out with them recently, and, um, and so we're sitting there, and then, you know, we start talking about church. And they're like, 
yeah, man, the church, this and that, da-da-da, and they're going in on the church. And I'm like right there with him. I'm like, yeah, bro, you right, man. You know what I'm saying? And then, the, yeah, yeah, this and that. He's like, yo, man, you know, and then he's just trying to get all the money and this and that, but blah, blah, blah. They're not helping the community, and they're going nuts. And I'm like, bro, you so right, man. And I was like, homie, you sound just like Jesus. And he was like, huh? I was like, bro, I said, you sound just like Jesus, bro. I go, everything you were saying is what Jesus was saying. And he was like, yeah. I said, yeah, yeah. I mean, he said this right here, da, da, da. Like this self-righteous thing, whatever. And I start going through the gospel. And I was like, yeah, yeah. He said, you know what I'm saying? If you've ever been angry for you, guilty of murder. Because he was like basically sweeping, you know what I'm saying? The self-righteous from up under their feet. Like, yo, none of y'all are meeting the mark or whatever, this and that. Like this is supposed to be about a guy who saved some wretched people. Not a bunch of good people following a good God, but a good guy who loves a, a jacked up folks. And they were like... Yeah, man. Yeah, that's exactly. That's what I was saying. But I was like, well, you sound just like Jesus right now. Like the issue wasn't with Jesus Christ. It was it was with the church game. Like they were attracted. That was attractive to him. Right. It was attractive to him. Right. Most people would never get that conversation with him because too busy dividing off where you can go and where you can't go. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if my friends are in here now, but a couple, couple weekends ago, I was inside of, I walked inside a bar on a Saturday night, and I ended up talking to a girl for 45 minutes as soon as I walked in. We talked about the gospel. She was here in church the next morning, her and her husband. They called me the other week. They're like, yo, we're joining the church. What you mean I can't go in there? Go in there with a Coke. Go in there with a Coke. The same bar owner, whatever, he seen me on TV one day or whatever, and he was like, he was like, man, he said, yo, I saw, y'all remember the skateboard thing where the dude kicked his son down the skateboard? So he saw me on the news for that, and he was like, when I went to the bar, he's like, man, I saw you on the news. He was like, man, you know, I was really surprised that you didn't take the opportunity to bash this guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you didn't go in on him like everybody else was talking about how much of a bad father he was. And I said, bro, I said, homie, man, I follow Jesus because I'm a mess, bro. I was like... Whatever I throw at that guy is going to hit me back in the head. Like, that's why I follow Jesus Christ. And I'm telling him the gospel through that. And he was like, bro, that's the most amazing thing I ever heard, bro. Like, that's so amazing. Like, he got it like that. Like, he saw the gospel and he saw Jesus in that, right? And, and, and it came from me decreasing myself. Like, homie, like, yeah, thanks for the props. I'm not the superhero. I'm just broken. So what am I going to throw a rock at another broken person for, Right? problem wasn't the issue wasn't the problem with Christ he never even heard about Christ he heard about church and he had determined that it sucked but he's never seen a true church like like with his family where we do life together right he hadn't he hadn't seen that yet he'll know about that do life and fellowship you know so I had to put him up on game once again I'm gonna read the scripture are you so foolish having begun by the spirit are you now being perfected by the flesh? I hope this stuff is just hitting you or whatever. It's such a contradiction to the cross, right? So John 3:16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? That whosoever shall believe in him shall have everlasting life, right? How do you get news like that? And you think your orders are to start blocking off where you go with it? It's like, oh, you that foolish. That's stupidness. You get news like God gave his own, his beloved son, right, as a sacrifice to save the lost. 
And then we now construct and start constructing a systematic, and we name it the church, God's bride, and so disrespectfully start gauging off where we can't go with it. It makes absolutely no sense. It, it's so, um, well, basically, when you hear it, it feels like more like Satan's on the move, don't it? It feels like Satan's on, like, I mean, it's in complete contrast and at war with what the Father is doing. So I think it's logical for it. That sounds like Satan's in the mix somewhere. Like he, you get what I'm coming from? That's what it sounds like. Start figuring out where you can't go and all this other type of mess. Um, I was on Facebook the other day and I saw this guy's post and um, the post said, um, it basically said something like, we will see the church move when we start concentrating on respecting elders instead of concentrating on the broken and the lost. Almost took the Mac and just broke it in two. I was like, I'm trying to rip it. I couldn't get through it, but I was ready to rip it in pieces. Like, I was like, oh my God. You start coming up with vain, foolish rules to try to meet, right? Like, just, you dream up dumbness when you don't, when you forget about the cross. When the cross stops being the pinnacle of the whole thing, it's a mess. He, he, came and, he came and died for the loss, right? I'm even disrespecting that in the way I'm explaining that he died because he's not just a man. And then he resurrected, right? Like he did something that it's, I, I struggle so much to put into words for real. I can read it from the book, but I, I just, I'm, I'm barely even touching the surface. But we need to respect our elders more than, and that's when we'll start seeing and, and we need to obligate that more than the loss. Sounds like he was really going after the loss. Respecting the elders is extremely important. I'm not saying that, that it's not, right? But you get where I'm coming from? You see the symptoms of religion, how it works, how it dumbs down the blade, right? All right. John said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He didn't say, behold. Is Bobby Womack Jackson, who hasn't watched an R-rated movie in two years, has returned all his Redbox movies back on time, hasn't said a curse word in seven years, and has saved the whole zip code 32208. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. And the reason it doesn't say that is because, man, good job, Bobby. I'm proud of you, man. But... Forgive me if your name is Bobby Womack in here, too. This is not a jab at you, or if your name is Bobby, but I'm just using that or whatever, right? Our pockets are not deep enough to match up with what Christ did on the cross, right? It just simply isn't. Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Are you crazy enough to think that you can just moralize yourself to such a mark that you can now meet the mark, right? I don't preach the gospel because I think I'm a good preacher. It scares me to death. It's gut-wrenching trying to pull a sermon out. Um, 
but I count it as a privilege to be used by God to, to give it, right? But I don't preach it because I'm good. I preach it because I'm a mess, right? So I preach it from the standpoint that I'm actually starving for it, right? I'm starving for Christ and what he did. I know I'm finished without it. I know me, right? I don't lie to myself about, at least as much as I, I know how to, I don't lie about my condition, my sinful nature, the cravings of my flesh. They're ugly. They're disgusting. They disrespect everything that's honorable, right? Our friendships, my marriage, my relationship with Matt, all type of stuff, and ultimately God himself, they do that. So basically, if we add that all up, I'm finished without the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm done. It's a done deal. I'm like... It's, it's like I believe it was Peter. He's like, Lord, we don't have nowhere else to go. Where else are we going to go? Do you think you have somewhere else to go? You think there's something you can go do that's going to add up to anything? You're finished no matter where you go. You can't dress it up. You can't put lipstick on the pig. It won't work. We're through without Jesus Christ. Like David said, uh, and I'm going to probably mess this up. He said, uh, he said, um, I, I he said, um, I long for you, O oh Lord, like the deer panting for the water, I believe, right? Man, we have to be broken like that, like all the time. I got to preach out of that, because if I don't, I'm selling you some, some, some garbage, right? I'm not even trying to hear a preacher who doesn't preach out of that. I'm scared of you, frankly. I need you to preach out of your brokenness, that you need Christ. I don't need you to come play A-plus Christian on me or whatever, and you're talking to people who need to get it right. I'm like, homie, we need Jesus Christ, right? That's what we're declaring here this morning. We need him, right? And works of the flesh won't do it. We need what that cross only could give, only what his blood could give. As the Lamb of God is the ultimate sacrifice, we need what only he could do, right? So, um, let me read. I'm going to go to verse 4 says, did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, does he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? So basically what Paul is saying to the Galatians right here, he's saying like, like, yo, do the math. He's saying like, pay attention. Where do you see fruit coming forth at? And is it because of works or is it because of faith, Right. Like, y'all know me, I'm always quoting statistics or whatever. So, like, we are, we've become so self-righteous, and we are so self-righteous, and we're poisoned with this symptom that we don't even look at the statistics. Like, so we, we, we keep doing church as normal, even though we know the train is running off the tracks, right? So what's our objective here? If our, if our objective is to lead people to Christ, the statistics say this. 2.5 of this 5% of the church is diverse, is, is diverse, right? That's a problem. That's a problem that we all should be extremely concerned about because that does not speak well of the cross and of the king and the sacrifice he made, right? So we lay down our preferences and we fight to redeem that with this Holy Spirit, right? I saw a statistic not too long ago that said that Three to five percent of young adults are Bible believing or biblically based believers in the United States. 
So I don't know if that's true or not, but if that statistic is actually true, that means that we are actually where Europe is right now, basically, and we're really just waiting for all of the older believers to die off and will be what we call a godless nation, right? If the, another statistic says that 80 to 90% of kids who leave out of high school, excuse me, out of their youth group, youth group, go to college, never come back to the church. So what are we going to do with that? Are we just going to cruise control and keep playing church? Because if we're comfortable with just playing church, then our objective must not be to save souls, right? It must not be that. Why are we comfortable? Are we comfortable because money's coming in and it just feels comfortable, so we're just going to roll till the wheels fall off? Because the light's still on and everything's still comfortable and cool, or is our objective really to pursue souls, right? He's saying, do the math. Did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, does he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? He's like, what produces something? What produces something and what doesn't? What, where is works getting you at? Right? Where are you failing at? And it's because of your legalism and because of your, your, your works base, like, what's it producing for you? So do the math. That's what he's saying to them, right? What he's saying to us and what we need to know also is he's saying be conscious because this is the exact place where your flesh is looking to exalt itself above Christ. Right? When he says he must increase and we must decrease, this is where you decrease. Because all of us are, we're self-righteous and our flesh is prone to try to lift itself up above the cross. Right? When we're going through things or whatever, the gospel gets this small and we're like, man, you know, where you at, God? This and that. Aaron said it earlier. We, we all tend to do that. Well, I'm like, God, where you at? And we begin to exalt ourselves, right? And we have, to get in, we have to look at the cross and what it means for us to get it all back in perspective. But this is, this is one of the main places where you have to be conscious of the gospel so you can keep smacking yourself in the head with it like, oh, foolish Jay, cut your games out. Oh, foolish Jay, stop the stupidness. You know what this gospel says. Bring it back in, homie. Even if you don't feel it, bring it back in. And lay yourself down before Christ. Maybe my heart might not even be there already. But I need, to, I need to put the truth right here and lay myself down before it and decrease. Does that make sense? It's important. All right. And then in verse 6 it says, Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand, beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the man of faith. So once again, remember that daddy's basically getting at his children, right? So you have to read this like in a modern kind of aspect. Like he's like... He's, he's giving them a spanking, like he's expressing his disappointment and he's contending with the foolishness. Like when he said, who's bewitched you? He's contending with what that bewitching is in his conversation, right? So what he's basically saying there, because y'all have decided to go reach back and return to the law, even though I've given you this gospel of freedom from the cross, right? I'm going to do you one better and I'm going to back 
triple lindy somersault flip back to Abraham even before the law and show you where faith is there in the gospel, right? That's what he's doing right there. He's letting them know. He's like, I know what kind of mess y'all really on. I know what kind of stuff somebody got in your ear and told you. Let me tell you. Let me, let me drop this on you. So he's like, just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, know then that it, that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. So he's saying, yeah, you're not even a son. Like, if you want to go that route, you're walking outside of the family. Like, you're choosing something that is not even pure. It's not even of of, of Christ, period, right? In the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, and you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Do y'all get that? God is so gangster. I don't know how he does this stuff with the Bible. It's just absolutely amazing. Like he puts it in there and it's all over the place, right? So it's amazing. All right. 10, verse 10. I'm going to read through 10 through 14 real quick. And we'll start to wrap up. It says, for all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, curse be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now, it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith, but the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does, does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. So, he wraps this conversation up with them with a very, uh, a very matter-of-fact statement, right? So he says, for all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, curse everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. So you, you, you're done. Like, you're done. Without the blood of Jesus, there's no other route. There's, that's it. There's no way to be justified. There's no way to God without Jesus because there is nobody who has ever walked this earth and maintained the law besides Jesus Christ. Which is why he was the Lamb of God, the perfect sacrifice, because he was the only one that ever walked this earth and was sin free. Right. So anybody who tries to attain to this or whatever is now under a curse because they are completely disrespecting the work and the sacrifice that we heard about in Isaiah 53 earlier. Is this becoming clear to people? Are y'all getting this? And then, then he says, now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. For the righteousness shall live, for the righteous shall live by faith. So nobody's coming to the gates of heaven and going to be able to pull out their resume. And be like, yo, man, I served in, in, in image kids. Pfft, crazy. Everybody used to go eat. But me, I stayed here and I was sweeping up. You know what I'm saying? I did the whole deal. Like, God, did you, you didn't see me out there? I was killing it. I was killing it. I was, I was out witnessing in the streets. I was doing my thing. And he's going to be like, depart from me. Because you put your faith in your works. 
says no one is going to be justified before the law. Nobody's going to be justified. Nobody's going to be able to come in and talk about how well they did this thing. They're not. It's not going to happen. It says, but the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. It is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. So by laying on the cross, Jesus became a curse for us. And so to bring this all together, everything in this whole text we just read is very much balanced with verse 3, excuse me, verse 1, where it says, it was before your eyes that Jesus was publicly portrayed and crucified. And and, um, Paul, he sets it off like that because everything he's saying is beating up against the cross. You feel me? Like he's, he, he's just, he's saying things to him and then he's smashing against the cross. Like what you got going on is garbage. What you start, what you believed in is garbage. You've let somebody take you away with garbage. And he's just, he has the cross just standing, planted there firmly. Like, yo, like, like it doesn't add up. You, 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 it's not real. Like, you get what I'm saying? It doesn't stand up against the cross. Like I died for you, like I took on, I took on all of your sins. I became cursed to free you from a curse, right? This is the gospel. This is the gospel right here. This is where we find our peace at. This is what helps us go to sleep at night. This is what helps me not destroy everything he puts in my hands. This is it. This is all we have. This is where we're like, Lord, there's nowhere else to go because nothing can stand up against that cross. Nothing, period. Right? Ben, you can come up now. Um, Before we go, I just want to read this to you. Luke 18, 9 through 14. And it says, he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves. I'm going to just repeat that. You hear that? He also told this parable. This is Jesus talking to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Sounds familiar? We do this, but it sounds like what the world describes the church as right now, right? Feel like we're hitting the mark. We're the good people who follow Jesus. We're here on Sunday, and all these dirtbag heathens are outside. And the story should be, man, how does God love a heathen like me? How does he love me? I can't understand this. This makes no logical sense. How does he look upon me and, and, and shine on me and smile on me and, and I don't get it, right? That's what it should be. But listen to this. It says, he also told his parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Now, this is, this is Jesus getting at them. He's about to sweep, sweep the leg, Johnny, on them, right? He says, two men went up into the temple to pray. 
one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. Just run his resume down. I give tithes of all that I get. Resume, you see me, God, I'm doing my thing. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone who exalts himself will be humble, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Man, that's a gangster scripture right there. I love it. I love it. I go to it. It just straight pokes me right in, in the neck like, wake up, Jay. This is what it is right here. You notice the man humbled himself before God and he exalted God for who he was. Like, I don't know where we got into this thing where we think the story is about us. Right? I know I keep saying it, but it's about a holy God who laid down his life for, for, for sinful wretches, right? And brought us into and grafted us into his family, right? What do we have to add to that? Like, how crazy do we look trying to tell another story with that? Like, he's the king of kings and the lord of lords. Like, we just, we're just, we're fans. We're like, we, we, man, we get to tell this story to people and bring people into this? It's absolutely amazing. So, we're about to do communion, and then, um, and then we're going to do baptism. And um, this is what I want you to do when we do communion. If you've never done communion before and done it with the understanding that um, if you've just been out of whack with the idea that, that you're coming, that you're, you're humbling yourself and you're coming very small because of what he did. When we take, when we, when we take communion, the, the drink represents the blood that was shed for us, right? The, the bread being broken represents what happened to his body for us, right? It is the gospel. Like, we're partaking in the gospel at that moment. If you're not a believer, we say, don't take it, right? Because the scripture says, don't do that. If you're not a believer and you don't get that, don't do it. But if you want to become a believer and you're getting this as I'm talking about it, then come take it and partake of it and let this be your confession before God. That you're saying, God, I am a mess. I'm a sinner. I fall short. I have nothing to add. And you've done everything. You've done everything. And then take it, right? Then take the Lord's table. And then after that, we're going to do baptism. Um, so that's it. All right? Appreciate y'all. I hope I made that clear.